Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. I want to give a special shout out to a lady by the name of, of Nancy. And Nancy uh, was my, my brother's uh, love when, uh, when they were teenagers. And she was the one that invited me to go to a Young Life camp in Colorado uh, when I was in my teens where I heard the gospel for the very first time and I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And she started to watch uh, a few weeks ago online and and I just wanna say, uh, Nancy, thank you, thank you, thank you. I would not be here today if it weren't for your simple invitation. And I want you to think about that, that uh, that one person's invitation changed my life. Your invitation to people just to to listen online and things like that can change their their life. And also maybe take some time this week to, to thank whoever helped lead you to Christ or invited you to church for the first time, even if it's your parents, if it's uh, a youth pastor, anything like that. Just take some time this week to, to give them a thanks. Uh, we are next week starting a series that I cannot wait for. It is going to be called Unstuck. Talk about a perfect uh, topic and talk about a, a, you know, just a, something that it truly is timely because you know, we've been stuck for a while as, as, a, uh, as a country, even as a world, but really a lot of us were stuck on a regular basis. I mean, if we're honest, all of us are stuck from time to time. And we're going to take a look at that and how we get unstuck and see that uh, this is really going to be a message and a series that is going to bring a whole lot of freedom to every single one of us. I really believe that. You know, one thing I love about the Bible, I love how there's just these hidden gems of stories in the middle of the, the Bible. And we're going to take a look at, at one of those today. And, and this is one that I, I preached on uh, several years ago, but I just want to revisit this. And there's really two, uh, two key figures in, in this. One of them is Elisha, the incredible prophet. And, and I'm not talking Elijah. This is the one who came, the prophet who came after Elijah. He was, he was Elijah's protege, and he actually did about twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And the other person is just a, a lady. We don't know her name. But just because she is not named does not mean that she is unimportant to God or unknown by God or unloved by God because we're going to see very much that she is. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that she's unnamed in this story. You know why? Because there's a lot of people, and maybe you're one of those, that, that maybe feel like they're forgotten by God. Maybe you're at a time right now and you just wonder, does God really, really see me right now? Does God really understand what I'm going through? Does God really care, and we're going to see again that he does very, very much. And so we're going to take a look at, she goes through really three different stages. She goes through doorways, she goes through hallways, and then she goes through a a gateway. And we're going to take a look at each one of those stages because they're stages that we go through in life as as well. And uh, just the background here is, is this, that you have this lady and her husband who are pretty well-to-do. They're, they're well-off for, uh, for, for that time. And they're also, they don't have any kids. Uh, they have no children, and, uh, and they want children. 
but that's the way they, they find themselves. And the other thing is, uh, is this, that she looks and, and she sees that, that Elisha comes in and out of the area and she goes, let's do something. Let's make a room for Elisha when he comes by. Let's, let's go onto our, uh, our roof and let's make a room especially for, for him. So they go to the Home Depot and they get some, some wood and then they go to the Ikea and they get uh, about four things. They get a bed, they get a chair, they get a table and they get a lamp. And they make this incredible room for Elijah. Now remember this, in this story, Elisha is really, uh, represents God and the lady really represents us in a, in a big way. And so, so don't miss this part. If she didn't make room for God, the rest of the story wouldn't have happened. The fact that she made room for God and she invited him and she expected him, that's the cause for everything else to happen in this story. And I want us to think about that a moment. Are we really making room for God? Because God shows up where he is made room for, where he is invited and he is expected. He, makes, he, he comes to churches where he is invited and expected. He comes to families where he is invited and ex expected. He comes to, to boardrooms. He comes to, to businesses. He comes to schools. He comes to, to relationships. He comes to marriages, wherever he is invited and expected. And so, so he made this, she made this room, and Elisha enjoyed the room for quite some time. And then he looked at Gehazi, who is his servant. And remember that name, because he'll come in later on in the story as well. And he said, you know what, she's done so much for me, I want to do something for her, invite her in. So she walks into the, the room, and he says, you've been such a blessing to me, thank you for doing this, what can we do for, for you? And she says, really, you know, life's pretty good, I'm pretty chill, everything's, everything's pretty good. And she left, and then he, Elisha asked Gehazi, look, all right, let's be serious, what can we do for her? I really want to bless her, what can we do for, for her? And Gehazi says, they don't have any kids. They do not have a son, and they're getting old. So e Elisha brings her back in and, and basically says, and says this, and says, uh, then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and he, she stood in the, don't miss this, she stood in the doorway, and he said this, about this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. I love this about God. He loves to reward I mean, if, when we do anything for him, he loves to reward us in, in that. God truly is a rewarder. In fact, there's this one time in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that it says this, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We cannot please God if we don't have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because those who come to him must believe that he exists and that he is a reward, rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Did you hear what that said? It said there's two things that we have to know about God. The first thing is obvious, that we need to believe that he exists. But the second one's pretty wild. It says that we need to believe that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. God wants us to know. God wants to, us to know in a, the fiber of our being that he is a rewarder. And something that is, is beautiful here is, is she did something for Elijah, and Elijah said, I'm going to do something even greater for, for her. I mean, something that is better than a room is a son. That beats, uh, a room beats a son if you're playing rocks, paper, scissors, right? And so the, here's the, the fact that you and I need to know, and this will change our life when we understand that, is that you cannot out-bless God. 
You can't out-bless God. No matter what you do, God's going to bless you more than you blessed him. You can't out-love God. No matter how much you love God, God's going to love you more than you love, love him. You can't out-give God. And that's one reason I've said before, I love preaching on giving. I love preaching on tithing because I know something. I know that people cannot outgive God. No matter what you give God, God is gonna give you more of. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your, your lap. And the same, whatever you give, the, the proportion that you give is gonna be given back to you or even, even more some. So he, if you give God, whatever it is, if you give God a teaspoon, he's gonna give you a tablespoon. If you, give, if you give God a 12-ounce can, he's going to give you a two-liter bottle. If you give God a barrel, he's going to give you a bigger barrel. If you give God a big shovel full, he's going to give you a front loader full. You cannot out-give him. You cannot out-love him. You cannot out-anything God. It seems like God goes out of his way to say, you think that's good? I'm going to bless you even more than whatever you're blessing, you're blessing me. And so she stands in a doorway, and listen to this. Elijah gives her this incredible promise that we looked at. Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Now, how would you expect her to say, you know, to, to do th something there? How would you expect her to react? You'd expect her to go, seriously? Oh, praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is amazing. I've prayed for this for years. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But watch how she responds instead. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and don't get my hopes up like that. Don't get my hopes up. See, we've been praying for this for so long and I had hopes for that and I had dreams for that and everything. But see, what I did is I boxed up those dreams. I boxed those up a long time ago and I put those in the attic. And you know, a lot of us have done the same thing, haven't we? We've taken our, our dreams and we boxed them up. We've taken our, 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 our hopes and we've boxed them up. We've taken up our, our calling. We've taken up all the things, so many things that we've put in life. And because we've been disappointed before, that we've taken all these things and, and we boxed them up somewhere in an, in an attic. And so she says that, please, don't disappoint me again. Don't, don't get my hopes up just to, uh, just to, to, to make it where I, I get brokenhearted again. And God says this. Don't miss this. He says, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I really feel that I'm supposed to do something in obedience to what Jesus Christ said. I really believe that, that what I'm supposed to do is just release something, is, is loose something in your, in your life right now. I believe that I am supposed to say, to, to loose hope in your life. I, I loose joy to you right now. I loose peace to you right now. I loose, I, I loose strength and courage to you right now. I re-release I re it. Maybe there was a time in your life you had all those things and you, you've lost all those things and I just, I just release those back to you right now. And something else, I believe God is saying that, look, I know that you've lost hope in some areas of your life. I know that. But make no mistake, my, my word's gonna have the final say. The doctor does not have the final say in your life, that disease does not have the final say in your life. Your, your broken relationship does not have the final say in your life. That hopeless situation, whatever you're facing, that does not have the final say. God has the final say in your life. And so she stands at the doorway and she tells the man of God not to get her hopes up again. So what happens? Here's what happens. But, I love that. Even though the odds were completely stacked against her, she says this, but the woman became pregnant and the next year about that same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. 
I love that God, as always, is true to his, uh, his word. So now she's standing, first of all, she stood in a doorway. Now she's about to stand in a hallway. Now what are hallways? Hallways are those dark areas of life, those confusing areas, those, those times in life where, where we just don't understand and they're painful and they're hard. You know, you know, hallways come in different shapes and sizes, don't they? There's some that are very short in, in some apartments. There's some that are medium length in, in most houses. I've been to some palaces in, in Europe that they just seem to go on for, forever. I mean, you could run a 100-yard dash in those, in those hallways. They seem to go on and on and on and on. And so watch what happens to, to, to her. The miracle of her having a son was going to take her, her down a, a mind-altering, heartbreaking hallway. Listen to this. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the, uh, the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told the servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he... And then he died. What? Wait a sec. Wait. This is the this is the miracle. I mean, this is the miracle baby. What? You, this isn't this isn't what's supposed to happen. That's I I I must be reading it wrong. There's something wrong here. Is this what you expected would happen in the story? Is do you think this is what she expected would happen in the story? I want you to think about how much she'd be feeling at this time. Put yourself in her sandals and think. What would you be feeling? I mean, how much, how much confusion would you be feeling? How much, how much heartbreak would you be feeling? How about this? How much anger would you be feeling? Wouldn't there be part of you that go, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I said, don't get my hopes up. And here I am, I had my hopes up, and now they're dashed. Those dreams are, are crushed once, uh, once again. And you know, in this uh, you know, confusing season, of life, you know, there's a lot of it for a lot of us, and sometimes we have more, uh, more questions than we have answers, and sometimes we have more misunderstanding than we have understanding. But I love the way this lady acts. I mean, I love what she does. What she, could she have done? She could have shaken her fist at God and said, "I'm not going to believe in you anymore. I'm not going to believe in you. If I, a good God wouldn't let me go through all this stuff." She could have done that, but instead, watch what she does. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God then shut the door and went out. I mean, she picks up the, the, the body of her dead son and lays him exactly where she heard the promise for the first time. And that's what I want us to understand. What do we do when we find ourselves in the hallway? The first things we do is we let, uh, let what we don't understand be overwhelmed by what we know to be true. Don't let, to, to let we, we let what we don't understand be overwhelmed by what we know to be true. An example of that would be, be this. I mean, when I've gone through the hallways in my life, what I want to do, what I try to do is, is, first of all, is come to God and remember who he is. And sometimes I'll say, God, I, I don't understand right now. I'm heartbroken and everything. But here's what I know, God. I know that you are good. I know that you love me. I know that you will never leave me or for, forsake me. I know that you are full of, uh, that, you, that you care about me and you care about my needs and everything. This is what I know and I know, I know, I know God, you are faithful. Even when I don't understand this right now, I know that you are faithful. And then something that I try to do as well is, is go to God's word. I mean, she went right back to where she heard the word of God. That's where she went back 
And so many times I try to go back, especially to the Psalms. I'll just be honest with you. Man, I love, I love the Psalms. So many times I hear my voice in, in David's voice, that I, I, I recognize myself in his voice. And I'll just grab those promises of God out the Bible and just go, God, here's what you say. You say that you'll never leave me or forsake me. You said you supply all my needs according to your glorious riches. You say that you will make all things work together for good and grab hold of those promises, hold on to those. And there's one promise, you know, that we, that, that I think we love in this, in, in this body, and that's Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you hope and a future. Do you know what that means? That means God's intent for your life is never for you to stay in the hallway. That's never his final destination for your life. And here's something, I, I, I've only been in a few of your houses or apartments, but here's one thing I know about your house or apartment, that whoever designed it did not make that, that hallway that they have for you to live in. That hallway was designed to be a corridor from go, for you to go from one place to the next place. It was not meant for you to put a bed there. It was not meant for you to be, put a lazy boy. It was not there to, to, to put a couch either. And the same way, God, who is this incredible architect and designer of your, of your life, sometimes he puts quarters in our life, allows some quarters. But understand this. It's only to get us from one point to the other. We are never to stay in those quarters. We are never to live in those quarters and say, and, and listen to Satan's lies that say, you know what, uh, I guess this is about as good as it's gonna get, so I'm just gonna stay here and make my home here because God never intended us to stay in the hallways of life. In fact, listen to this. I love this. Remember the, the, that God's plan is to bring you through the quarters, and, and, I mean through the hallways. And he says this in Isaiah 43, 2. He says this, look how many times the word through is mentioned in these, in these two verses. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And one part that we may know is is uh, from the 23rd Psalm that says, even though I walk, what's the word? Through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't feel any evil because you are with me. And we will encounter valleys. We will encounter rivers. We will encounter fires. We will encounter hallways in our life. But God's intent is always that we go through those things, that we never stay there. And so she hurries to Elisha. She hurries, and, and, and long story short, Elisha comes back to the, the house and raises her son from the dead. I mean, that's a great, that would be a great ending of a story, right? But that's not the end of the, the story. Then all of a sudden, there's, there's gateways as well. She, went, she started at a, at, at, a, uh, at a doorway, right? Then she went into a hallway, and now she's about to go into the, the gateway. And I bet you this. I wonder how many times she thought, why, God? Why did you have me go through that hallway? Because my, I had my son then, and he died, but now I have my son again. Why did I go through this valley? Why did I, why did I go through this pain and this suffering and all this to get to here? And you know, you and I have probably asked that question a lot of times too, that we say, God, thank you. Thank you for taking me over here, taking me through whatever I'm going through. But I don't understand right now. I don't understand why you allowed me to, to go through this, this pain. Why did I have to go through this experience to get to here? 
And here's one thing I want you to know. God will take the seed from every sorrow and he will plant it in your tomorrow. I want you to hear that again. God will take every sorrow that you and I will ever have and he'll plant it in your tomorrow. Here's a seed. And so God will take that pain. God never, never loses, wastes any pain that we will ever have. He never wastes a teardrop. He never wastes a heartbreak. And he will take that, take those seeds of the pain, and he'll plant it in our tomorrow. He'll take the seed of our rejection, and he'll plant it in our tomorrow. And this thing will end up growing into something absolutely beautiful, and we're about to see that as, uh, as well. Let's skip over four chapters to 2 Kings chapter 8. He told her, Elisha told her to go away from the land for seven years because there was going to be a famine. So that's exactly what she did. She goes to the land of the Philistines, and she comes back to a very rude awakening. You know what she finds? She finds people living in her house that she didn't give permission to live in the house. And she finds people using her property that she did not give permission to do that. So she decides she's going to go to the king and plead her case with the king. And she's going to say, please, you know, give me justice. Uh, give me my, my land back. Give me my, have those people leave my, leave my house. But here's the problem. The king has no idea who she is. I mean, he doesn't know her from Adam's house cat. How is she going to get the justice that she needs? But she goes to the palace, and she's at the, the gateway of the palace. And there, at the same time, Gehazi, remember Gehazi? Gehazi is Elisha's servant. And, and he's talking to the king. And the king is asking this question. says, hey, tell me some of the stories that Elisha did, some of those incredible miracles. And Gehazi thought, oh, man, I've got to tell you about one. There was this lady that, 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 that Elisha raised her son, you're not going to believe this, from the dead. And he's going, you've got to be kidding me. That's absolutely incredible. And he looks up. Gehazi looks up, and he sees the lady standing in the gateway. And he goes, there she is, right there. There she is. This is the lady that I'm talking about. And, uh, and so she comes forward. And, and first of all, I want you to see just the, the, the things that are happening at the same time. She just happens to be there at that moment. He happens, Gehazi happens to be talking to the king. It happens to be telling that story, and she walks in at that exact moment. I want you to know that whatever you're going through, God is orchestrating something great for you. So the king says, tell me the story, and she told the whole story. And look what the king, look at the king's response. I love this. He says this, then the king assigned an official to her case and said, give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land from the day she left the country until now. Did you hear that? I mean, here's the, here's the incredible thing. The best she was possibly hoping for was to get her house back and her land back. And she gets all the money for the seven years that has been used for her, for her property. That's, again, there's two verses that I love that, that remind me of, uh, in this story. And it says this, verses Joel, and said, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locust and the young locust, the other locusts and the locust swarm. You will have plenty to eat you are, uh, until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be ashamed. And you may think right now, I really believe there's somebody listening to me right now that thought, you know what, I wasted all those years. I wasted everything or somebody else wasted those years for me. And God says, no, no, no. I'm going to redeem that time. I'm going to redeem the time that the locusts took away from you. And I love another thing where God says, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything 
we can ask or imagine. Let me ask you this question. Do you think any of this would have happened if she had not gone through that hallway? Do you think this other blessing would have taken place because she didn't, he didn't know who that was? So the, the thing is that God used that hallway to take her exactly where she needed to be and to bless her. He used those seeds of her pain in order to bring a blessing later on in, in her life. And something else too, if I can see these. Maybe you've had all those disappointments and all those problems and all those things that, have, that you put in the attic a long time ago. And I believe God is saying it is time to break those dreams open again. It is time to bring those hopes again. It is time to bring what God is wanting to do in your life again. It's time, even though you may be going through, right now, you may be going through a hallway. It's there because God has has something beautiful and wonderful on the other side of that. So you keep walking. You keep believing. You keep trusting. And you know that there's a gateway after every hallway. And if we could pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you're a miracle-working God. And thank you, Lord God, that even though sometimes we get our heart broken and sometimes we, we lose hope and we lose dreams and we lose perspective, thank you, God, that even though that we're walking through the hallways of life, there's always a gateway on the other side. So I pray for every person right now that's going through a hallway. And I thank you that there. Your plan for their life was never for them to stay in that hallway, for them never to, to camp out in a place that God never wanted them. So God, I thank you that you've got a, a, a gateway for every single person who's hearing my voice right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.